You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your hosts, Vanessa Weisbrod and Emily Friedner. Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrod coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Health System. I would like to start out by saying a huge thank you to the Walter and Jean Boak Global Autoimmune Institute for their ongoing support and partnership to make this podcast possible. Today's podcast is super important around this time of the year. Many of us travel to see family and friends for the holidays, so it's already a stressful time with traveling and being outside of our comfort zones. But when you throw in having celiac disease, there's a new challenge, staying in homes that are most often not gluten-free. So how do we navigate these situations, and what can we do to prepare ourselves in a, as a gluten-free guest? To help talk about this topic, we've got the gluten-free globetrotter, Erin Smith, in the studio today. Erin is an expert at traveling and staying outside of her comfort zone while still maintaining her gluten-free lifestyle. She is here today to share some of her best tips for staying safe as a gluten-free house guest. Welcome, Erin. Hi, Vanessa. We are so happy to have you. So Thank I you. want to start out with, by talking about some of the things that folks can do to help prepare a host for their arrival at their house. And, you know, let's talk about this both in terms of visiting with somebody that you know, but then let's all talk what, about what a lot of families do when they rent a vacation home and they're staying in a kitchen that isn't necessarily their own. Sure. Um, I think starting early is, like, essential to traveling during the holidays. If you know you're going somewhere um, and you know your host, I would reach out a few weeks before, you know, and really go over with, uh, with them what celiac is, what foods you can and cannot eat, um, maybe giving them some tips of avoiding cross-contact in the kitchen. But really, I, I think the key is starting that conversation before you arrive instead of doing it the day of your arrival where it's probably chaotic and you're catching up with all your friends and family. Um, so, you know, whether you're emailing them or calling them, I would suggest doing it about two weeks out. That's a really good point, so that they have time to think about it. Now, what happens if somebody calls, you know, their aunt or uncle or cousin where they're going, and they're just not super supportive of the gluten-free diet? How have you navigated those conversations? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, that definitely happens a lot. Um, you know, I would say do the best you can. Try to educate them ahead of time, but then also prepare yourself. You want to be prepared with the food bag, you know, that, that has safe gluten-free food, um, maybe some tools to use in the kitchen, like a, um, a roll-up cutting board or some cutlery. But, you know, prepare yourself. If you know you're going into an environment that is not a gluten-free kitchen, you want to do the best you can to keep yourself safe um, and really, you know, make sure that what you pack is stuff you can eat, stuff you could use in the kitchen, and then um, bring it with you. Now, I will say some hosts might be slightly offended by this. I'm sure you could imagine walking into a kitchen with your own food and your own, you know, cookware. Um, but you really need to drive home that, you know, this is, this is the way that you will stay safe during the holidays and that you, it's really critical that you, you know, kind of abide by your your cooking practices and, and follow your diet in order to not get sick during the holidays. So what are the kitchen tools that you typically bring with you? 
Well, I have to say I feel really lucky because I've had celiac for so long that my friends and family are so well-versed in, in feeding me. And um, my sister has celiac, so when we do Thanksgiving, our Thanksgivings are always 100% gluten-free anyway. But, um, you know, for me, what I tend to bring is food. I'll offer to make a dish or a dessert and that way I know there's at least one part of the meal that I can eat. I prepared it safely in my own kitchen, which is gluten-free, and then I bring it with me. Um, so I would say my, my top tool is bringing your own food. Um, but, <laughs> Good point. you know, <clears throat> if you're staying at um, someone's house that you know, you know, I would say maybe bringing um, – it may sound silly to walk in with a toaster, but maybe bringing in a toaster, a portable toaster that you can use to toast your bread, to heat up your food, and really it's your your dedicated gluten-free toaster so you're not getting um, in contact with gluten crumbs in, in a shared toaster. Um, other things I would maybe suggest, and and this I like, I see this a lot at restaurants, but getting some labels that say gluten-free, and that way any food that's gluten-free or even, you know, serving spoons that are for gluten-free only, you can put these labels on the spoons or on the dish, and that way everybody knows this is a gluten-free dish and that, you know, you shouldn't be dipping your fork into here and then dipping or, you know, dipping it in another dish first and then dipping it into the gluten-free. So hopefully the labels can kind of be a visual reminder to the people you're you're celebrating the holidays with and they, and they know that's your food. It's a great point. So now what about if we are staying in a rental house? I know Airbnb has become a really popular um, way of finding a place to stay over the holidays and, you know, summer beach homes, renting a house on the, the shore is a very popular thing to do. So if you're gluten-free, what do you do in those situations? Do you bring the whole kitchen with you? <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> um, I, you know, I really like to um, be prepared. I think my top uh, kind of travel, kitchen travel tools, um, I would suggest bringing Ziploc bags for sure because then when you open your food, you can close your food and, and zip it up and, and it stays fresh. Um, I really like these roll-up cutting boards you can buy online. Um, I like the brightly colored ones because it's kind of like a good indicator that this is, you know, this bright blue is just for gluten-free food. They're super cheap, and you can just roll them up and, and make sure you're using only that in the kitchen. Um, another thing I would suggest to some uh, people staying at an Airbnb, bring some new sponges. Sponges are one of those things that can kind of trap gluten and trap crumbs. So you bring your own sponges. Again, they're cheap. They're easy to carry. You could throw them away at the end. Um, and then besides the labels, one other thing um, that one of my readers told me is that they bring camping cutlery and um, these collapsible bowls. So, again, they like I suggest buying a bright color. You know that's just for gluten-free food. And these camping bowls and these camping, you know, silverware, um, it's just yours. And, and so people know, like, don't use the blue. It's, it's for gluten-free only. And, again, all of these are pretty small, and they're pretty easy to travel with. And um, if you can't get collapsible bowls or, or you don't want to, you know, carry that with you, just get some paper plates and plastic uh, cutlery at the supermarket and, you know, use that while you're there. And, and hopefully – 
um, people know, you know, not to dip your gluten-free fork in some gluten before you use it. So, <laughs> Have you had times when you've traveled to friends or family's houses where you've gotten sick? Um, luckily, not recently. Definitely in the past. You know, I'm talking mm-hmm. more than 10 years ago. Um, I think there's a lot more awareness now. And like I said earlier, my friends and family – uh, they know I've been gluten-free. I've been gluten-free over 30 years, so they pretty much know the drill by now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, one thing I will say is I always try to be really polite, especially if it's someone I don't know so well, is, like, be polite, say thank you, but I can't eat this. Um, you know, I think you and I have probably heard a million times, oh, a little bit will be okay, and you have yeah. to really push back, <laughs> push back <laughs> on that and say, no, a little bit is not okay when you have celiac disease. So, um, you know, I, I luckily haven't gotten sick at anybody's house because I'm really careful. Um, I really try to, um, you know, uh, one thing I, I want to add is if there is a kind of buffet style, jump in and eat first. Ask your host if it's okay if you eat first because then that way you're the first person digging into each dish and there's no, hopefully no risk of cross-contact. Um, but I would also say when in doubt, don't eat. If you really are questioning a, a dish or a preparation of that dish, I would say it's better to politely decline and <laughs> then not eat it because it's really, you don't want to be at someone's house and get gluten. It's, it's a miserable experience. Yes, it is indeed. So I want to talk a little bit more about the polite factor. You know, I I think a lot of people tend to get angry and get very um, forceful when talking about it because it's obviously, you know, they're they're talking about their health, how important it is. But I think it's important for us to often take a step back and think about how it sounds coming out of our mouths to somebody who doesn't have to do this on an everyday basis and just how far like a little bit of kindness and being polite can go in making somebody want to help you um, stay gluten-free. Yeah. And I think we also need to remember holidays are stressful for everyone. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, if you're hosting a house full of guests and uh, you want to be mindful that, you know, this is, the the host is probably already stressed out to begin with. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the polite factor, I think, goes a really long way. And that's one of the reasons I suggest maybe having this conversation before the event, you know, the holiday party or the dinner and, and really kind of having that conversation with your host, explaining the situation and say, look, if I'm not going to eat, I don't want you to be offended. It's just that I don't want to get sick. So you to have that conversation before there's a house full of people is really critical. Um, but like you said, once you're there, you want to be polite about it. You know, you don't want to be offensive and, and make people think you're not eating because the food is bad. You're just not eating because the food is not safe for you. So um, if anybody else, you know, not the host asks, you just kind of have that conversation about celiac disease and if they don't understand that's okay you know you might never see them again but um but just I I think the polite factor I mean you're not in your own home you want to be polite anyway but you know being polite being patient and explaining and then not getting offended if they can't accommodate you 100 percent that's really great advice um 
So do you have any other tips that you think are important for our listeners to know before they head out to their family celebrations this year? Yeah, you know, I was thinking a lot about going to these events with children who have food allergies or who have celiac disease. And I think that um, you really want to kind of prep your kids before. I mean, I know I've been to holiday parties and there's just food everywhere out, you know, in the kitchen and the dining room, in the living room. And so, you know, with kids, they're very tempted. But I think you really need to uh, educate your kids ahead of time, like this is not a gluten-free house. You know, it's not like our house and and, um, you need to be careful with what you eat. So, you know... Obviously, I was a kid at one time, and I also had celiac, and you kind of learn by doing, unfortunately. But, you know, really making sure your kids know that the house you're going to is not 100% gluten-free if you are coming from a 100% gluten-free house, you know. Um, That's a and, really and good also, point. Yeah, and, and I know um, I know we've talked about this before, you know, and I know you have kids, so kids are, you know, they want to – see and taste and touch and so just you know being being mindful of where your kids are <laughs> and what they're putting in their mouth so yeah my four-year-old sees a cookie and he dives for it and he knows that in our home they're always going to be safe for him so that's a really good point when we're at someone else's house keeping the gluten-free ones maybe where he can reach them but putting the others up higher where he couldn't get to them exactly yeah and I mean even for adults too I mean sometimes you you do like mindless eating or chatting and you want to just really pay attention because I know in my house we have a gluten-free kitchen. So anything that I want to snack on or eat is going to be gluten-free, but it's obviously not that way, you know, in the rest of the world. So, um, so just being mindful too as an adult, like what are you actually eating and, and where is it coming from? Right. <laughs> So, you know, we have a lot of newly diagnosed patients who listen to this podcast. It's one of the first things that we give them in our clinic. So do you have any suggestions for how a newly diagnosed family can go into the holiday season and sort of ease their anxiety about, you know, being in an unfamiliar place? Yeah, I mean, I know I know it's not, uh, it's not necessarily doable to always host, but I, I, I have some friends who are newly diagnosed and they – decided for the holidays they will just be the host and that way they can control the food but that's not always possible people travel to see friends and family so um, I would say offer to help your host you know if you get there a few days early maybe you can go and do the grocery shopping together Um, if you arrive there the day of the event you know um, see what they need in the kitchen Um, but also I would definitely suggest bringing your food, having your kind of emergency kit. It has a safe food, safe snacks, safe, safe meal, um, and having that with you. And, and really, again, being polite about it and say, hey, I'm just going to keep my gluten-free food over here. If I need to dip into it, I'm going to come into the kitchen. But I would always be really respectful of someone else's space and someone else's kitchen and and but you know alert your host along the way what you're doing or what you'd like to do and see what they say um and then the other thing would be if you you know if you really are unsure and you have the opportunity to maybe eat before or after an event i would suggest doing that as well and again you don't have to be overly pushy about it but just you know let your host know you know i'm really 
I'm not feeling well about the food that's here, so I'm going to eat later. And I would say most hosts and hostess will be understanding. I know I've heard many stories of families being really not supportive, but I think over time they will be. And, um, you know, it's really up to you to educate the people that you're, you're staying with about what will keep you safe. Right, and that's a really good point. Um, that over time, people do adapt, and people see that gluten-free can actually taste good, and they'll start having more gluten-free options at the table. Um, you know, I've been with my husband now 12 years, and, you know, the first Thanksgiving we spent together, I felt, you know, like the outcast at Thanksgiving dinner because, you know, people didn't think the gluten-free things that I made were going to be delicious. And over the years, they've come to embrace it. And now, you know, most of the things on the table are naturally gluten-free. So there's been a very big shift over the years, and it's been great to see it happen. Yeah, definitely. And what my trick is, too, is to always make – something that's super delicious and people don't realize it's gluten-free. So I'll make like a really rich butter-filled cookie. Last year I made this delicious, um, we called it like, I forget what we call it, Christmas crack or something, but it was Chex Mix with like all these things and it was so good. And nobody there even questioned it because it was so good and it was naturally gluten-free. So, you know, I think that's the key is getting people to realize that, gluten-free doesn't have to taste awful. And then the following year, they'll want you to come back because you make such yummy (laughs) things. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, Erin, I want to thank you so much for sharing all of this great advice. You gave us so much great information. And I want everyone to remember to see more tips and strategies about navigating gluten-free life on the go. Please visit the Gluten-Free Globetrotter website at glutenfreeglobetrotter.com. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. And we will talk to you again next time.